Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shalom Aleichem and welcome to today's Daf Yomi. We begin a brand new Masechta Masechas Nedorim. Says the Mishnah on Daf Beis Amar Aleph. Called Kinuye Nedorim Kinedorim. Now the run will provide for us a a short introduction to the Masechta. Now, incidentally. The Pirush that you will notice running alongside the right of our daf, labeled Rashi, many commentaries point to the fact that it doesn't seem that this is the real authentic Rashi. In fact, we find many inconsistencies and contradictions between this Pirush, which is allegedly Rashi, and the real Rashi found throughout Shas. So, in fact, in Sefer Binyan Shlomoi, he quotes Rabbeinu Betzalel Ashkenazi, the Baal Shito Mekabetzes, the one who compiled the Shita, who says that in fact this is not the authentic Pirush Rashi, but fortunately for us, recently they did discover a manuscript, a Ksaviyad, which appears to be the real, authentic, genuine Pirush Rashi on Maseches and Dharm, and in fact it was incorporated into the uh, newer version of the Oizvahadr Shas, the Masifta Shas. So we have the Rashi Ksaviyad on the side as well. But uh, throughout the generations, the primary uh, mefarish that was learned with Nadarim was the Ran, Ravina Nisim, the one of the Rishainim, which runs along the left side of our, our Gemara. So we'll try to sort of make a conglomerate between the Ran, the, the, uh, the new Rashi, the old Rashi, the Rush, uh, the Taisvis. We'll pick up the main points as we go along. Now, uh, why, in fact, you know, was Rashi sort of deleted from Nadarim up until late? So. Listen to the uh, words of Rabbeinu Nuturoi Goin, one of the Goinim. He writes in his Sefer Halachis Psukos, he says, look, it's been already a hundred years since they have taught Nadarim in the Yeshivas. Apparently they neglected to learn Nadarim in the Yeshivas. It wasn't part of the curriculum, uh, for whatever reason, whether because it's Nadar, you know, Kachim related, isn't so relevant. For whatever reason, apparently they did not really dwell on Masech's Nadarim in the Yeshivas, and that perhaps... Um, explains, you know, why Nadarim was sort of neglected, in which case Pirush Rashi was sort of lost by the wayside. Um, okay, so the Iker, we're going to focus on, on Ran and pick up other points from the other Mepharshim as we go along. So back to the Mishnah. Ran points out that typically there are two types of Nether. We're used to speaking about a Nether in terms of Hegdish. Take an item and you commit it to the base of whether to the Bedek Habayis, which is the building fund, or to be used as a carbon, Kedusha Saguf, to the Mizbech. This Mesechta, says the Ran, our forthcoming Mesechas Nadarim, will not discuss these types of Nadarim. Rather, a topic of conversation will be Nidrei Isr, a different type of Nether. So when it comes to Nidrei Hegdish, that only pertains to an item that I own which I can now give over to the Beis HaMikdash. Once I do that, it affects anybody. Nobody can benefit from that item. It becomes Hegdish. So it has to be mine to begin with, but then it becomes usher to everybody. In contrast to Nadarim, discussed in this Mesechas, Nidre Isser, where basically I'm taking any sort of item or food, whether it's mine or belonging to another person, I'm saying like this, I'm declaring, I'm committing, Beloshayim Nether. Look, uh, the use of this item will be off-limits for me. The consumption of this food is off-limits to me. So I'm making the use, the benefit, the, the enjoyment of this item or food 
usur to me. Now this can apply to an item that belongs to somebody else as well. It doesn't have to be mine. My neighbor's food is usher to me. So that's one difference between this and Nidre Hegdish, which only applies to my item. Here it applies to anybody's item. Number two, Nidre Isser is personal. Nidre Hegdish makes it usher on anybody. It belongs to the base of English. Nidre Isser is personal. I will not benefit from that. I will not eat that. It only affects me and nobody else. So two differences between Nidre Hegdish and Nidre Isser. Next, along the run, he goes on to elaborate on three types of nether. You have the ikar nether, as he calls it, straightaway nether. Consuming this item is forbidden to me. Use of this item is usher to me. I expressed it clearly, all out, no ambiguity whatsoever. That's ikar nether. That's the primary form of expression of nether. Then we have kinuyin and yadais. Kinuyin means like sort of an off-brand way of saying it, like a, a nickname. Instead of shloima, shloimi. So typically, you would say, well, this thing is usher to me like, as though, as though it's a karban, right? It's one way of saying nidre isr. Instead of karban, I say kainam, kainach, kainas. Why would I say that? So the Gemara gives us two possibilities. Rabbi Yechanan says, these are just lashay nachram, sort of foreign languages, or as the Ran explains, you know, they would just sort of pervert the word instead of uh, calling it Prop, with a proper name, Karban, it sort of turns into like a, a nick way of saying it, Kainam, Kainach, a short form of saying it. Actually, the Chachamim introduced, invented these terms so that we don't get involved in saying the word Karban outright. You know what's wrong with saying Karban? Because Karban sort of synonymous with Lashem, Karban, Lashem. And at times, you know what might happen? He might say Lashem and then just get a phone call and forget to say the word Karban, in which case he said Lashem for naught. So the Chachamim, Suggested that we use these terms, kainach, kainam, to avoid getting involved with the word carbon, which might lead to shem shemaim levatolam. So that's a kinoy, sort of a nickname way of referring to the nether. Then we have yodos, a handle. An incomplete expression, sort of a short form expression. He initiated expression of nether, but didn't conclude, didn't elaborate, didn't explain himself properly. It's like a handle of a clue. You grab the handle, you expect the whole pot to come along with you. These are three versions of nether. All three are applicable. All three work. All three activate a nether. Ikar ha-nether, outright. Kinuin, sort of a nickname. And yodais, short form, handle of the nether. Says the Mishnah. If one expressed his nether commitment using a kinui, look, this bread should be like a koinam to me. This bread should be koinos to me. A kinui. For the word carbon, it works. In which case, he's committed to refrain from eating that item. And we know the Pasuk says when a fellow commits himself by way of a nether, it was a mitzvah's assay to fulfill your commitment. Your words count. Your words are committal. You have to stand by your nether. You must fulfill your words. And there's a mitzvah's license for transgressing, violating a nether. Don't profane your words. The word of a yid is halik has meaning, has relevance. Activate commitment. So kinu yinadorim have the same effect. V'charomim k'charomim. Ekinu evacherim. Ran says this is just another form of iser. We know there's a cherim of hegdish, but in this case he's just trying to make it usher on him. So instead of saying cherem, clearly he sort of bobbled the word cheres, cherek, cherek. That's also considered a cherem, which makes the item usher on him. 
Furthermore, Shvua is slightly different than a nether. Whereas a nether pertains to the item. This item is off limits to me. The use of this item, the enjoyment of this item, the consumption of this item is also to me. Shvua pertains to the person. It relates to the man himself. I will do, I will not do. Sort of an act, an activity pertaining to himself. If he expresses it in a kinoi form, instead of shvu'a, clearly he says shvu'sa, shvu'ka, shvu'kuka, it works. Ushvois kishvois. And finally, regarding committing to become a nazar, the same idea, unazirus, the kinoi of a nazar. Suppose instead of saying nazar, he says noziach, paziach, kinazirus, it has the same relevance, the same validity, as though he expressed the word nazar outright. So we elaborated on Kinoi. Now the Gemara sort of, Mishnah sort of, shifts over to the other classification of Nether called Yadis. The Gemara will ask, why didn't the Mishnah actually introduce us to the concept of Yadis before we go into examples of Yadis? The Gemara will deal with that. But here comes several examples of Yadis. Again, Yad means a short form Nether. He begins, he initiates that commitment, but doesn't really carry out with clarity what he has in mind. We understand what he had in mind, and therefore it commits him, and the rush says, otherwise, it's not committal, because devarim shebalev, once somebody thinks up something in his heart, that doesn't commit him to anything. You have to express it. But the chiddush here is that even a partial expression, you initiate that sentence, it's considered as though he expressed it outright. Yodais nedarim, have a din of nedarim. Examples of which will follow. Ha'imel chaveri, Reuven tells Shimon, look, mudranim imcha, there's a nether between me and you. Meaning, what you have is usher to me because of a nether. I'm separate from you. I'm going to distance myself from you. Pertaining to any food that I can eat from you. Any food that I can taste of yours. It's off limits. Usher, here we have the example of Yodais. We understand what he has in mind. He's not slurring, he's not using kinoi, but he's sort of leaving out <laughs> some, you know, uh, uh, he's not expressing himself clearly. He's sort of spe- speaking in a cryptic form. These two are considered uh, a commitment of a nether, it's called a yat. And finally, we have menuda nilcha. Menuda is like nidu, like cherem. I'm going to be, you know, excommunicated from you. I'm going to. Um, associate with you like a person who's excommunicated, meaning I can't involve myself with you. I'm not gonna I'm gonna disassociate myself from you. So here it's a lotion of distancing, but it's it's not necessarily something that can activate a nether. It's more personal than item related. So what's the aloha here? Chachamim did not consider that a nether. Whereas he wasn't sure and he was sort of leaning in the in the direction of Isr. Chaych is like, you know, when you're deliberating, you're scraping your head. So he's sort of scratching his head and concluded, let's treat it like a nether. One interesting point that the Ran will point out for us, we said that kinuy of shvua is, is like a shvua. So he says, shkuka, shvuka, whatever, it's considered like a shvua. Question, we have a Gemara, that a shvua needs to have shem Hashem. So the Ran says, well, that's, a, that's one shita, but we'll find the other shita, that even if he promises, he makes a shvo without referencing Hashem's name, that too commits him to the shvo. Says the Gemara on the base. 
Kol kinuy nedarim kinedar, right? Now the Mishnah will give us a comprehensive list where kinu would apply to neder, to cherem, then to shvua, then over to nazar. Maish nogabi nazar. Take a look at the at our next Masechta coming up. Masechta's Nazar. The Mishnah also begins with a kini of Nazar takes hold, takes effect. But it stops there. It doesn't proceed to the other categories of, you know, Cherem, and Shvua, and Nether. So what's the difference? Maishna, why is it that Gabi Nazar, the like Tani Lulukulu, we have no elaboration, no discussion about any other application other than Nazar. As opposed to Nadarim Bayas, we go through all four categories. Kinui, concept applies to Nether, to Cherem, to Shvua, to Nazar. Answer is like this. Mishum de Nether, Ushvua, Ksivi, Gabi Adadi. We take a look at the Pasuk. Pasuk bundles Nether and Shvua with each other. Ki Yidar Nether Lashem, Oyhi Shava Shvua. That's the Pasuk in Ramid Ramid, Pasuk Gimel. So once the Pasuk bundles Nether and Shvua together, Tani Tartan, so the Mishnah puts them both together. The Kimon to Tani Tartan, once we discuss two, why not finish the list? Tani Lakulu, we go down the list and complete all four. Says the Gemara, but if Nether and Shvu are sort of partners, we'll listen to Kinu Shvu's Basa Nadarm. Okay, let it go in that order. Start with Kinu Nadarm, then proceed to the um, parallel, which is Shvu's. Why do we go from Nether to Cherem and then over to Shvu? Answer is either the ton ID the ton of Nadarm, since we started discussing Nadarm, the Mitzer Khefzole. What defines the Isr Nadar? It's an item based Isr, like explained earlier. The consumption of this food is usher to me. The use of this item is forbidden to me. It's item based. So once we discussed one example of an item based Isr, we shift over to another item based Isr as well, which is Khairim. Tonanami Khairim we discuss. The Allah of Khairim as well, which is likewise an item based Isr. The Mitzr Khefzalay, the item, is Asr on him. La Fuki Shvua as opposed to Shvua, which takes on an entirely new meaning. The Ka'asr Nafshim in Over there it's a person based Isr. I can't do this. I must eat that. So first we conclude the item based concept, and then we shift over to the other track, personal based Isurim, which is Shvua. And as the Rush points out, the fourth thing is Nazar. Question, isn't Nazar item-based as well? The wine is Asr, etc. Says the Rush, no, wrong. How does Nazar work? I commit to being a Nazar. I label myself as Nazar, and once I assume that status as a person, what follows is I cannot have wine. I cannot become tummy. So it is person-based, and therefore belongs together with Shua. So we start with Nether. Over to Cherem, which are sort of matches, item-based Isur. Then we shift over to the other track, the person-based Isur, Shvua, and Nazar. Interesting to note, the Ram points out, if it is indeed so, that Nether is item-based, and Shvua is person-based. So these things are so, you know, uh, different. What would follow is, that suppose he undertook a Nether, in a Lashen Shvua, he says, I'm making a Nether to eat that, or not to eat that. It wouldn't work. It's a contradiction in terms. You're utilizing an item-based term to commit yourself as a person, or in the reverse. I decided to use a person-based expression, shvua, to activate a nether, 
So shvua that this thing is asra me, would that work? It would seem from the Gemara that it can't. They work differently. How could you uh, mix them up? But it brings from the Ramban that actually it can work. You know why? Because although it's not an outright nether or an outright shvua, because shvua is person-based, nether is item-based, but remember, it's yadais. We have the concept of a handle. Even an incomplete expression can activate a nether. Even an incomplete expression can activate a shvua. So ultimately, I know what, what he's trying to say. He wants to make this thing usher on him. So even though he, he happened to use the Lush and Shvua, which is sort of our out of, out of step there. Okay, so he didn't express himself properly. It's no worse than Yodais. And indeed, says the uh, Ran, in the name of Ramban, even in this case, when he used wrong wording, the nether can work, and the Shvua can work as well. Now you'll ask, what's the difference if it's person-based or item-based? It's a little bit of a, of a discussion. But briefly speaking, there are nafkaminis in halacha uh, between you know the, the nether and the shvua, and it's based on the fact that this is item based and this is person based. We're going to see Bezos Hashem throughout the Masechet. But we have another kasha, which was something we actually alluded to in the Mishnah. When you read the Mishnah, you find something which appears strange. Pasach bekinui. You start discussing kinui, the nicknames, called kinui nidar, right? And then when the Mishnah gets down to elaboration, what does it elaborate on? Now, Kinuyan, that's discussed in the later Mishnahs. We have examples of Kinuy. Kainam, Kainach, Mavarish Yadis. Instead, the Mishnah shifts over to Yadis. Look, I'm Mudar from you. So he's sort of alluding to some sort of, you know, distancing between the two, but he didn't really express himself clearly. That's a Yad. So what happened to Kinuyan? We started by introducing Kinuyan, did not elaborate, and shifted over to Yodis. Vesu, another question, Yodis Inshi? The Bryce sort of delete Yodis? So one question is, we're shifting from one to the other. Number two, why didn't we introduce Yodis to begin with? How could you give me examples without even introducing the concept? Answer, I read behind. Yes, the Mishnah actually was involved in Yodis as well. So although we don't actually see it in the Mishnah, we know that Rabbi HaKadosh and his Tawidim was such a high level. What was simple to them is sometimes complicated to us. And uh, they uh, composed the Mishnahis in sort of cryptic, short, uh, brief terms, expecting us to understand what they had in mind. And that's why we, sometimes we have to sort of insert the words in the Mishnah, learn it as though it's missing some words. And you read it like this. We begin with, But then, of course, you have to keep in mind the halacha of Yadis as well. And then the Mishnah goes on to elaborate on examples of Yadis. So it's good. Ask the Gemara. But if we start with Kinuyim, shouldn't we go back and elaborate on Kinuyim first? It's the first item you mentioned. Explain it first. Answer is, how does Solik Minei actually? We prefer elaborating on the most recently mentioned item. We pick up where we left off, so to speak. So we start with Kinuyin, then we introduce Yodais, and then we right away pick up on Yodais, and then later on go back to Kinuyin. The most recently discussed item is what's elaborated on first. We find many precedences to this. What items do we use to light on Shabbos? What don't we use? And what does the Mishnah continue? 
Ein Madlikin, elaborating on the most recently cited item. Likewise, Bamei Toimnin, Bamei Toimnin, what items can you use? What materials can we use for installation on Shabbos? What yes and what not? And what does the Mishnah continue to list? Ein Toimnin, what not? We pick up from the last, most recently mentioned item. Same thing with Bamei Isha Yaitse. What can Isha wear on Shabbos in the street? What can she not wear? And the Mishnah continues to describe what she cannot wear. They say to Isha, asks the Gemara, really? Is that an absolute system? You mean to say the Mishnah will never retreat back to the first item mentioned? But Tanan, I have many examples as such. So regarding Yerusha, some relatives have a two-way Yerusha relationship, like a father with his sons. So Noichalin means that the son, the father, is Yerush the son, Uman Chilin, and he gives over Yerusha as well. When the time comes, it's a two-way deal. Sometimes it's Noichalin, Vleiman Chilin. Like a fellow with his mother. He's Yerush her, but he doesn't give her back upon his death. And then what does the Mishnah go on to explain? The first item. Ve'ilu Noichalin, Uman Chilin. Another example is, Yesh Metoros Lebalen. This is a Mishnah we have in Yavamis. So, you have an example of an Isha who's mutter to her husband, but when her husband passed away without kids, she's not really allowed to marry the brother, the Yavam. An example of which is like this. Suppose it's a family of Kehanim, and she's an Almana, so she was able to marry the first husband, the Kohen Hedyet, a regular Kohen, but she's also to the brother, who happens to be a Kohen Gadol. That's one halacha. In the next category, we have an Isha who's mutter to the Yavam, because the Yavim is a Kohen Hedyat who can marry an Almana, but she was also to her husband who happened to be a Kohen Gadol. And what does the Mishnah go on to elaborate? The first case. Ve'elu Motoris Lebalein. We sort of leapfrog back to case number one. Ve'elu Motoris Lebalein. Masurus Libmein. Another example. Regarding a Mincha. So typically a Mincha requires oil and Levaina, sort of incense. So sometimes, Yeshtunois, Shem and Levaina. Sometimes a Mincha requires both ingredients. Sometimes it's just one. Shem and Veloy Levaina. Mishnah goes on to list examples which require both. So we're sort of going back to the first item mentioned, not the most recent, recently recently mentioned item. Another example, Sometimes you take a, a mincha and sort of uh, make contact with the corner of the mizbeach, that's called hagosha. Sometimes you need the hagosha, but not tenufa, not waving it back, both up and down. Some minchas are tenufa v'leyagosha. And what does the Mishnah explain? The first one, Ve'elo Tunis Hagosha, which Minchas require Hagosha. So we're sort of again backtracking to case number one. Finally, we have Yesh Bukhar Lo Nachla, Ve'en Bukhar Lo Kayim. There are different types of Bukhar. There's a Bukhar regarding uh, being Yerush, you know, the Pish 9, the double portion from his father, that has one set of guidelines. Ve'en Bukhar Lo Kayim, but he's not considered a firstborn regarding redeeming him for the Kayim. That works according to a different set of, categor- set of guidelines. And you have Bechar Lekoyin, Bechar Lekoyin, the other way around. You have, he's considered for the Koyin, but not for the Nachla. And what did the Mishnah explain first? Back to case number one. So we have many examples where the Mishnah chooses to elaborate on the first item mentioned. In contrast to those examples that we had before, including our Mishnah, where we seem to pick up from the most recently mentioned example. And the choose to elaborate on that. Answer is, all these that we just mentioned, Halein, these, Mishum Da'av Shulei. You see, in all these examples, we have many, many categories 
two, three, four, many categories. So it's more than just two. And therefore, in order to avoid confusion, we just go back to the beginning. So first we introduced, you know, the four categories. Sometimes it's like this, sometimes it's like that, sometimes it's like that. Right? The four different t- possibilities. In order to avoid any confusion, we just start all over again and elaborate in order. Because there are so many variations, we choose to elaborate on the first item mentioned. As opposed to our Masechta, Nadarim, we only have two concepts to discuss. Kinuyim and Yodis. So there's no need to go back to number one. We just pick up from the most recently mentioned item, which is Yodis, and elaborate on that. Question is, we have a Mishnah discussing what an animal can wear on Shabbos in the street and what it cannot wear. There aren't many variations, just two, yes or no. And what does the Mishnah choose to elaborate on first? The first one. So we see, it isn't really an ironclad system that you are proposing. So that takes us back to our question. We're all confused. Which one would the Mishnah choose to elaborate on first? We go in order, go back to case number one, and go from there, or do we pick up from the last, most recently mentioned item? And that's the more you're right. Sometimes like this, and sometimes like that. El Dafka, there's no exact science. Zimnin Mefar Shahuda Pas Aparish. At times, the mission chooses to elaborate and explain on the first item mentioned, and go from there in order. Zimnin, and at other times, how would the Salak Mefar we choose to explain the most recently mentioned item, such as our mission? And the Ran says, there's no issue of vativ charloshna rumim. Typically, the chachamim speak sharp, concise, to the point, with clarity. Well, you can choose, pick or choose, uh, you know, whichever system suits you better. Either way, it works and it's acceptable. Okay, let's recap today's daf. The Ran explains to us that our masechta will deal with nidre iser. We have three ways of doing nidre iser outright, proper expression. Or Kino is sort of a nickname way of expressing it. And we have Yadais, which is a partial expression, which also works. So the mission discussed Kinuyim, and as Digmar explained, we have to insert Yadais as well. So we have two concepts that we're going to learn, Kinuyim and Yadais. And these apply to Nadar, to Charomim, which are both both item-based halachis. And likewise, it applies to Shvua and Naziris, which are person-based commitments. The Mishnah gave us examples of Yadis, and Kinuyim will come up uh, later on. Now regarding uh, the question why the Mishnah went through all four categories in contrast to the Mishnah and Nazar, which didn't. The reason is because Nedar and Shvo go together, and then once we discuss two, we just complete the list. However, Nedar and Shvo are different items, different types of commitments. So that's why the Mishnah sort of arranged it that it's nether and then cheder, because they're both item-based, and then over to shvua and nazar, which are person-based. Regarding which one of these two things, kino or yad, will we discuss first? It so happens to be that over here, we chose to discuss the most recently mentioned item, which is yadis, as the Mishnah brings us several examples of yadis. But sometimes the Mishnah will choose to elaborate, going back to the first, uh, you know, case, and go in order from there. That's the first terrace of the Gemara, but actually, tomorrow, Bezer Hashem, the Gemara will give us several more options to explain you know, the order of the way the Mishnah elaborated on these halachis. All the best to you, and that's Lacharabah.